Welcome to SRD Ringside February edition as January, due to technical difficulties, was not posted. But if you got the written article, you can find it on our website, sportsrealdetroit.com, and check out all the fight predictions. Quite a bit of action going on in February. Not as I know these kind of months are kind of light, but it seems like with some of the news going on with uh, Adrian Broner being a kind of a, a douche, for lack of a better kind word. kind of. Uh, is a douche. Yeah. Correction. You can cut the kind of. Yeah. You can... <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Not necessarily. Kind of. It, it, kind of. And in, in also, it's good to see, by the way, that I know that no one really likes Jim Gray. Um, not a fan. Yeah. But I do like what he was able to do against Adrian Boner. Boner. Wow. Boner, because he's a boner. But uh, it's it's oh one of those God. things, like, it, it, it because Jim Gray is so, he just keeps it, I don't know, just, I love Jim Gray, but this I have to. I have to play this for the okay. audience here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring your motherfucking ass over here. I got a lot to say. We're gonna conduct this professionally, or we're not gonna have an interview. You make the decision. What did you think about the fight? What you? I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. Everybody oh, out there know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him clean more times. I beat him. You averaged eight punches. Less than eight punches. <laughs> I was love the that. Most punches you, that you had. In the round, and it seemed as though you couldn't get it close like, enough. It already sounded like it was against me, so I already ain't, I already, I already ain't got a fair shake talking to you. But let me talk something. Let me let y'all know. I want to thank the whole hood who came out here. I love y'all. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. Y'all know I beat that boy. They trying to what they trying to do is they trying to get that money again with Pacquiao and um, Floyd. But it's cool. I ain't worrying about it. I'm still that, and I'm on top. Cincinnati, stand up. West Side, two five. You're three three and one in your last seven fights. What will you do next? Hey, I'm three three one in my last seven, but I'll be seven zero against you. Well, that wouldn't mean much. That's the end of this interview. Yeah. Oh, so Good he's Lord. first of all okay. So everyone knows that Adrian's doing this really bad version of Floyd as the villain, and he's not good at it. Floyd was fantastic at being the villain. Uh, Broner's doing the same thing that Floyd did with Larry Merchant when he said Larry Merchant never gives yep. me a fair shake, and then Larry Merchant did that. If I was fifty years younger, I'd kick your ass. And yep, yep, yep. But it was great. Jim, Jim Gray actually did one thing good there, even though I also don't like him, is that he actually he waited out and then just said facts. So like yep. Adrian. At the whole, like, oh, I beat him. Like, you threw eight punches around, and then he blah blah blah. And he goes three, three, and, three, one. three and one in your last seven. So, all he did was just wait it out and then just say something factually accurate and then let Adrian overreact to it. Um, so yeah, I, I respect what Jim did there. I don't like Jim normally, though, and I'll quickly touch on this. My least favorite Jim Gray moment, and Jim likes to hit that hard question that, and sometimes it's over the top with how the question's phrased, and he likes a little bit of the drama, but. What really, really made me not like Jim Gray was when Josecito Lopez broke Victor Ortiz's jaw. And post-fight, Jim's trying to ask Victor questions and sticking the mic in his face. And poor Victor, with his jaw displaced, you know, trying to answer his questions. And Jim won't walk away and realize that the man's jaw is fractured from his face. Yet you're still trying to get a post-fight interview. I anyway, yeah. I will uh, I will elaborate on my opinion of the Pacquiao Broner fight. We're gonna jump into to, uh, the February fights real quick. Let's do a fast recap of January. I had a terrible January, Brad. Brad, I made thirteen picks and I only got seven of them correct. What a bum! You're fired. What a bum! Guy averages seventy five percent for the year of two thousand eighteen and comes out hot in two thousand nineteen, barely breaking barely breaking a coin flip. Brad, somebody was on the sauce that month. Wonderful. 
Uh, but real quick, I liked uh, the, the even though it was a wrong pick for me, I liked the Caleb Plant performance on who, uh, Jose Uskatagi. Great feel good story with with Caleb Plant. There's a lot of that background Amazing with him, him losing his daughter and promising to win a world title. He's not the kind of guy you'd pick to ever win a world title. Uh, but look at look at that performance. Uskatagi after the Durrell performances, I was kind of high on for a second. I thought he had that real make a tough fight kind of scrappy. Uh, style that would make it tough and plan overcame that and he and he had a good performance i don't know uh, how far he's going to go in that division now that he has a belt but the good thing about a guy like him is with all he did to get to where he was you beat a guy like jose you get a strap and now someone's got to fight you so you're getting one more at least yeah. out of this maybe maybe it's over for him and he kind of has that fall from grace if you remember joe smith when he came up at light heavyweight, kind of that yeah. same working class guy that comes out of nowhere and yeah he got his big win but have you seen him since you know he yeah. took his loss and he's gone but Caleb's getting another payday out of this, at least one more, with whoever ends up being the defense for that title. So good for him. Uh, obviously, as we just discussed, Pacquiao did everything we wanted him to do against Broner. The funny thing is he said the, the hood came out and supported me. I saw the hood on Twitter. They're not. No. Support, no. Not no. 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 The, the, the shtick is over. Yeah. You know, you got three losses, now a fourth loss against Broner. All of those losses were fights that you claimed you were going to win. I still feel like he lost against Malinaji. He barely eked out that win against Adrian Granados, who was like a former sparring partner. Yeah. And no disrespect to Granados. But a, a guy whose skill level of Broner should not have a problem with a guy like him. No. So you easily could be at six losses, w- without question at six losses. And if you look at those W's he has – What's this resume is so terribly thin. So for a guy to act like that, you know, when Floyd did it, Floyd backed it up 49, 50 times now, yeah. right? Yeah. Every, Every time, time Floyd said, I'm going to do this, he did the thing he did. So after a while, you had to start accepting that because every time he said he was going to do something, he would do it and he would win that fight. In this case, you have a guy who acts the same way, has all this braggadocious claims deliver. and all this arrogance, and backs none of it up. None. none not any, any. He has no markable, notable wins. Not a single win on his career is a notable win. And the two bigger wins he does have are both questionable, and the rest of the A-level fighters he's lost to. I'm done hearing from him. We're not, of course. We're never going to be done, is truly. He even a gatekeeper at this point? He is. That is, that is now what he is. He is yeah. the, you got to get to him to get to the top 10. Because he's not even in the top 10. He's out of the no, top 10 at that weight not. class. No one's really worried about him. And I can name the fighters at, at Walter that will beat him handily. Oh, yeah. So, no, that is what he is now. He's going to trash talk. He's going to put a little, you know, spice behind the pre-fight buildup. Great, cool. But it's going to be a, a 19-0 prospect who has to prove that he can get into the top 10. Yep. Adrian's the guy he's going to go in there and prove right. it against. So, that's fine. Do, do that. But all of this for division champion it proves how it's kind of easy to navigate your way through uh, weight classes to pick pick up a few straps because none of those none of those straps are actually real legitimate provable no good defenses of any of them that's the least that's the most i want to talk about him for the day let's hit the february schedule real quick for the televised national coverage uh tonight espn and espn plus before i get into this card i'm going to complain about how they're doing this it's very very strange that they're going to do the ESPN card on ESPN and then flip to ESPN Plus for the main event, which that if you're trying to do this in mainstream and get people to watch what's going on, you can't do this to fans. This is a hard switch here. You know, you're going from the free platform to the paid just to see a free main event. Right, and I think what they're – maybe what they're trying to do is you get the casual who is at home watching that didn't pay, and then maybe you're – this is how you're tantalizing them into it. We're like, hey, here's the free right. undercard. But now if you want the main, you got to pay five bucks a month. And I'm still for people paying the five bucks a month. I love ESPN Plus. Yeah. But 
I don't understand the idea of dropping that on free ESPN where a guy at a bar is going to be sitting there watching this fight, and then all of a sudden at midnight it's gone. Right, but the UFC has been playing with this model for years, have they not? Isn't this uh, kind of the theme of what they've been doing with their network TV? You, you kind of watch the undercard on Fox or whatever, and then you, you switch over to whatever UFC subscription or platform for that. Isn't that how they roll? No, not oh, when it goes no, to main okay. events. What they've oh, been right. doing is they'll do the, if it's a pay-per-view, the undercard is on yes, TV and, and they flip to the, the pay-per-view. But if right. it's a regular Fox card, if they're just doing UFC on Fox, the under untelevised undercard is on Fight Pass, then they flip to Fox and it stays on Fox all the way through oh, the main. Okay. Interesting. So ESPN yep. is bouncing back from the undercard you know, to the main with right. the main being on the pay service. UFC's never done that kind okay. of a, a reverse flip before. Interesting. So we know this fight's coming up. So, yeah, so when they switch back to the ESPN Plus card, you'll get the main event. The format's weird, and I hope they learn from this and it doesn't work for them because I don't want this to happen again. Either way, on that card, you'll start on the opening uh, with Richard Comey versus Issa Shanev. That's a 12-round bout. That's for the IBF lightweight title. Uh, I like Richard Comey winning by unanimous decision. Then you're going to go to Oscar Valdez versus Carmine Toasome. Uh, 12 rounds, that's for Valdez's WBO featherweight title. I think Valdez should cruise in this bout. Uh, Tomasone is undefeated, but he hasn't fought outside of Italy, and he's never faced anyone near the level of Valdez, and I really like Oscar Valdez. That guy is hot. Yeah. He's a, a very good fighter. Yes, he is. Uh, I'm going to take Valdez by a mid-rounds t- TKO. I think he's going to overwhelm uh, Carmine. Then you're going to go to the co-feature before they switch back to ESPN+. Plus. So this will be the last card. I'm sorry, fight. This will be the last fight on the ESPN card. Uh, Teofimo Lopez versus Diego Magnolano. That's a 12-round bout at lightweight. It's a big test for the prospect, Lopez. Uh, he'll eventually look to face like a Lomachenko-type fighter in that weight class and get himself up there. Uh, but Magdaleno's a good litmus test to figure out yeah. where he's going. Uh, so I'll take Teofimo Lopez by unanimous decision. Uh, and then in your main event, you have the rematch with Iliator Alvarez versus Sergey Kovalev. That's a 12-round bout for Alvarez's WBO light heavyweight title. Uh, flashback to the first fight. Kovalev was up on the cards through the seventh when uh, Alvarez ended up stopping him. I think it's going to happen again. Yes. Um, Alvar- you know, Kovalev might get him a little early on a couple of the cards and win a few rounds early, but Kovalev is obviously getting older quickly. I think in every of the last, like, say, four or five performances, I think every performance Kovalev has looked worse than his previous. I think the age is happening to him live in front of us. Uh, obviously he has some personal problems that he's dealing with as well outside of the ring. That is always going to be a factor, but I like Alvarez to, to retain and to win again. And I'll actually take him by like a late rounds TKO. I kind of see almost the same fight happening again. Kovalez will will get some rounds early and and box a little bit and then he'll wear down. He gets tired late. Alvarez comes on and and Alvarez can crack. There's absolutely no conversation of whether or not Alvarez can punch. And I think Alvarez gets him late again. So that's my pick on that one. Uh, on DAZN tonight, there's a uh, Sergio Garcia versus Ted Cheeseman. That's a 12-round bout for the European junior middleweight title. I'll take Sergio Garcia undefeated uh, to win by unanimous decision. Let's jump to next weekend, February 9th on Showtime. Gervonta Davis fighting Hugo Riaz. So bummed Abner Mares fell out of this fight with the injury. That's yeah. a bummer. I wouldn't have picked him to win, but that's a good that opponent. Yeah, that's a hell of a fight. That's a hell of a test for Davis. You know, Davis has a lot of that moxie going on with I'm going to beat everybody, and he's incredibly talented, but I, I, I want to see more out of him. And the, I think Mares was like, that'd be the big win. That'd be the W to prove that he belongs and he's here. Obviously he belongs, but you get what I'm saying. Abner Mares would be that big, that big step up, that big test to show. So kind of bummed that he gets, he gets hurt uh, in camp. Uh, but this Hugo Riaz is the late replacement. That'll be for Davis's WBA junior lightweight title. 
I don't think it's going to be much of an issue. Davis is extremely talented. He's got great power, obviously tons of speed, ton of athleticism. Um, he gets a lot of flack for that villain role, but I think he actually does it well, so I, I kind of root for him to be the bad guy. Every wrestling uh, matchup needs the heel. He's a yeah. good heel. Uh, I'll take Davis by late rounds TKO. Same night on DAZN Network, which I'll keep pitching, and they should pay some money. Pay $10 a month, man, and get DAZN. Good Lord. The content's ridiculous, and if you like both boxing and MMA, the content's doubly ridiculous because they show everything. And when they show a card... You can actually tune in at like 6 p.m. and watch all of it. They show whatever's happening in that building that night. You are watching it. And then they dump it at night in the archive, and it's there forever. There's rumors. Of? Somebody may have signed. Well, I heard. I actually heard ESPN might be where he's going. Are we talking about Triple G? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that. I've heard. I've heard both rumors. It's funny very enough. So though, to see what's what, how this is playing. It's got to be the zone though, so you can it make the third Canelo fight. Don't go to ESPN. That ruins everything. It has to be right. Zone. Let let Canelo get one more at super middle if he wants. But God, come on, sign for, sign with the zone. Have a have a. I'm at the zone fight where where Triple yes. G sparks somebody, and then let's do this in the end of the year and get the third fight with Canelo. There it is. The whole world wants it. Let's just do it. Shut yeah. up. Let him have it. I want it to happen. If he goes to ESPN, I'll be really. I mean, they, maybe they can make that happen with ESPN to zone, but it makes it a lot harder. It does. It makes it a lot harder to have that happen. Uh, so that card uh, on the zone that'll open with uh, Joseph Diaz and Charles Huerta, junior lightweights. That's a ten round bite bout. Um, it's not a 10-round butt. It is a 10-round bout. I don't know how you'd even have a 10-round butt. Um, Diaz is still pushing forward, uh, adding another W uh, to his record after that one loss to Gary Russell. Huerta is a fine opponent to have, I guess, but JoJo should take this without much trouble. I'll take Diaz by uh, unanimous decision. Next fight on that card is Ray Vargas versus Franklin Manzanilla. 12-round bout for Vargas's WBC junior featherweight title. That's a nice little title fight. I'll take Ray Vargas by UD. Main event is Albert Machado versus Andrew Cancio. 12-round bout. That's for Machado's WBA regular junior weight lightweight title because we always have to differentiate between the regular, the super, the super-duper, the super-duper platinum limited edition because the WBA makes more belts than Gucci. Not. Nothing, no drum. <laughs> there it is. I love it. Uh, I like I like Albert Machado by uh, mid rounds TKO on that bout. Sorry, that joke was terrible. Uh, February tenth on ESPN. Fight opens with Raimundo Beltran. Ray Beltran's my favorite. Uh, fighting Hiroki Okada. That's a ten round junior welterweight title. I was really bummed he lost that title defense. Uh, Beltran's going to jump up in weight class, though. He's going to fight uh, Hiroki Okada from Japan. It's only his second fight outside of Japan, and I don't think someone with his level and experience is prepared for the type of hell. Ray, Bel- Ray Beltran brings the Not heat, at all. and he brings the heat constantly. And you can't hurt him, and he can hurt you, and he's not going to go away. And I don't think a guy who spent most of his career, right, a guy who spent most of his career fighting in Japan isn't coming over here and dealing with Ray Beltran first time out. Beltran's going to overwhelm this kid. I got a late rounds TKO on that one. I always want Ray Beltran to keep moving forward and winning and getting himself title shots, and he should have infinite title shots. Because talk about a good story like Caleb Plant. That's another great feel-good story. Uh, I always root for him. So, guy from, you know, Beltran, as everyone knows, comes from Pacquiao's sparring partner to just Mm -hmm. sort of forge his own career. Tons of losses early, overcomes it, changes himself up, and then look where he's at now. So, good for him. I hope this keeps him rolling. Let's see how he does at 140. And then the title fight, the main event on that card is Jose Ramirez versus Jose Zapata. Uh, Get ready for violence. Uh, That's going to be for Ramirez's WBO junior welterweight. 
this is actually a real tough fight for me to call, to be honest. I, I made an argument in my head for both guys. I'm going to just go ahead and throw the, the dice on Jose Ramirez, though. I think it's going to be super close. Uh, I got Ramirez by UD, but this is one of those ones where I could see a judge seeing it one round the other way, and it switches, sure. it switches the winner. So if I have to pick, I'm going to pick Ramirez. But, man, that's going to be a great fight, and that's going to be super close. February 15th uh, on ESPN, so you're getting some more free. This is not going to do a silly switch to ESPN+. Plus. Straight ESPN for the entire night. Opening with uh, Michaela Mayer and Eurelio Larios. That's an eight-round bout. That's a female junior lightweight bout. Mayer is one of those... Coming out of the, the, the party, coming out party, I should say, for female fighters, they're really getting out there now. The, the, yep. the spotlight's back on them. You know, late 90s, that was, it was a good time for female boxing with yep. Layla Ali, Christy uh, Martin, Christy Martin um, and um, Wolf. Um, and Wolf, who was just annihilating human beings. Everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so this is, there's like a resurgence now. We have Christina Hammer, Clarissa Shields, Michaela Mayer, uh, Cecilia Brockhouse, trained by local trainer Jonathan Banks. So you got a lot of female Katie fighters. Taylor. Uh, Katie Taylor. Uh, who was t- uh, and it was great because a lot of them are friends. They'll talk with each other on yeah. Twitter. Then they want to fight, which is oh, great, yeah. too. So yeah. keep that action going. Michaela Mayer opens that card. Um, Larios has a decent record. She's good, but she's never fought out of Guadalajara. So it'll be first, first time fighting in the U.S. Mayer should run her over. But yeah. Mayer does not punch hard. She's not a big popper. So I'll take her by UD. Uh, second fight in that card is Joshua Guir versus Giovanni Escanar. 10-round bar for Bantamweight. Joshua Guir's Joshua Greer's smoking. Good. good God, Lord. is he good. Wow. So good. Yeah. So, 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 so good. Um, and you got another opponent fighting in the U.S. for the first time in Escanar. Uh, I think Greer is going to take him over. I think later, I, though, in the fight. I got a later round TKO. I think so, too, yeah. 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 Um, and then the main event of that card is Rob, Ver- Rob Brandt sorry, versus Kassan Bysangarov. That's a 12-round bout for Brandt's WBA regular middleweight title. Uh, Rob Brandt got that title by upsetting Ray- uh, Ryota Murata in a fight that nobody had him picked to win. This guy included picked against him, and he did what everyone said he wouldn't do. So he's here now. Uh, but I will tell you this. If I've learned anything in the last two years with guys like Lomachenko, Usyk, and Vozdek, you do not pick against a Ukrainian. So I'm going to go and take Kassan by UD. Rob Brandt, great to get there. I'm glad that he got his title shot, but I think that run ends immediately. Uh, so I'm going to take the, uh, the Ukrainian on that bout by decision. Fast forward to the 16th on Fox. So more free boxing. Enjoy it. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz versus Rafael Rivera opens with Omar Figueroa Jr. and John Molina Jr. Uh, it's a stay-busy fight. Molina's tough. Yeah. He gives people rounds. That's fine. But Omar Figueroa yeah. is hot, hot S-H-I apostrophe. No, oh, I can't say S-H-I apostrophe T. That doesn't work that way. You edit it with S-H asterisk T. You can't say the S-H-I-T then say asterisk. That's not editing. It's worse than my Gucci joke. Anyway, uh, it's a good rust remover, though. Uh, Figaro was off for a while with injuries and other, other some business nonsense. So he's got a long layoff. It's a good, uh, you know, get, get back into the mix. So give him the W on that one. I got Figueroa by UD. Uh, Santa Cruz faces Rafael Rivera. That's a 12-round bout for Santa Cruz's WBA featherweight title. Uh, Santa Cruz is still rolling, coming off those back-to-back bouts with Carl Frampton and getting himself back into the mix of things. Um, Rivera has losses to Joette Gonzalez and Jojo Diaz, and none of his wins are very notable, so I don't think Santa Cruz has too much of an issue in this bout. And I'll take Santa Cruz by a late-round TKO. Uh, February 23rd on Fox Sports 1, so more cable boxing. You're not paying for those. Well, I mean, you're paying for cable, but you're not paying extra. Um, you have Anthony Durrell fighting uh, Avni Yildirim. It's a 12-round bout for the WBC Super Middleweight title. I will say this. Mr. Anthony Durrell has got five straight wins since his uh, loss to Badu Jack. 
but it's not against anybody that is really standing out to you or impressive. Uh, he was originally scheduled to face David Benavidez, who ended up testing positive for, for cocaine and yeah. is serving a suspension. I will tell you this. I always would pick David Benavidez yeah. in that fight. Nothing against Anthony. I was actually scared for that fight when I first heard it. Like, man, that's, that's going to be a loss. Uh, one. An easy loss. Not an easy loss per se, but David Benavidez is an absolute storm of... He's a different kind of animal. Yeah, and Anthony has gotten quite comfortable in the groove of kind of pot chiding and Docile. picking his tempo. Huh? Docile. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we, no, don't get me wrong. He's got some decent power, decent yeah. power. I think his power was a little overrated early, but he can still punch to hurt, but he sits back and he waits for that shot, and he hits that shot, and then he kind of controls the tempo. Benavidez is not going to fight at his tempo, nor would he have. No. So when that fight fell through, I was, uh, sadly, I was almost a little happy that it fell through. So they found the replacement opponent uh, with Yildirim. I think Yildirim is a, a, you know, a weak enough opponent that Anthony can win. He, he's good, but I don't think he's good enough. And I think he'll let Anthony kind of control that pace. If he can get that punch volume up and sort of keep Anthony backing up, maybe he wins that fight, but I don't think he will. I think Anthony can keep the power on him enough to keep him away. I'm going to take the rail by UD. But overall, man, I've... I've I've watched them from very early. Like, we drove out the day after Jan and I got married. We drove to Flint and watched them co-headline at an outdoor, like, football uh, stadium in Flint. Yep. Way early. We saw them. Actually, we saw them. Anthony specifically was always fighting on those cronk cards Mm -hmm. at the Palace when, like, Jonathan Banks and Andy Lee were Mm co-headlining. And Anthony was always on that undercard. And I'm watching him. And, obviously, Andre was more on the road and doing this stuff after the Olympics. Uh, You know, he had a different sort of career arc. But you're watching him on TV like, God, these are the guys. Man, these two guys are going to run. And the fact that Andre never won a world title, how is that? possible you would never pick that he'd never take a piece of the world title look at this uh, think of this comparison that adrian broner can pick up a title in four different weight classes yep andre never won one ever and then anthony wins it but never really wins it against anybody you know what i mean like i really thought he'd go to super middle and you know with andre staying at 175 super middle was starting to get thin at the end of the super six and then andre goes to light heavyweight for a while i'm like man anthony could run this place for a little bit and it just never really materialized you know so career wise you know i we supported them both you watched them all the way but when you look at it back at it now in, in hindsight it's surprising what i thought in 2008 maybe you know, 2006 and, and compared now, to now. And now I'm, I'm, I'm extremely high on Leon Lawson, um, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the nephew yes. of the brothers. Correct. Uh, but, however, to your point, over the last two years, it's kind of a similar situation with him. We've watched yep. him in these fights come locally, and he's moving, 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 and all of a sudden, bang, nothing. Right. It's been three or four months, sure. five months, and I haven't heard a word from, from right. him. And um don't know if that's based on injury or – or what's going on there, but uh, uh, just something to note um, with that. But Leon Lawson has amazing stature for for a well six four. He's right? amazingly tall and skinny. Yes, and the Some power dumb. that he possesses is just sick. Right. So uh, I, I definitely want to see more of him, more of him in the future. But uh, it's another another draw to watch. And uh, but of those local fights we've seen, Lawson, I'm I'm only going to be patient with the. Fighting a five foot six no hoper for much longer. That's dumb. Exactly. In the terms of that's dumb for how it's not doing anything for him. He's proven that that's fine. Yeah, get your five six wins. Sure. I have no issue with that. But at some point, and I'm like now, I'm saying this. No, some, this is this the is some point. Probably the break. You to need do to that, start hopefully. fighting yeah. guys that yeah. have 
25, 30 fights, yeah. even if half are losses, just fight someone who's a body who's coming to do something and not just waiting to eat that first right hand and go night-night. Exactly. Get someone who's going to fight back. Get someone who's got some tested time, rounds in the ring as a pro, who's going to come in there and not be intimidated because yep. you're 6'4", 147, or whatever, and actually come in there to fight. And then go knock that guy out. And then I go, all right, now we're moving. Yep. Take a few fights on the road. Show something. But if it's one of those things where they just camp out in Michigan forever – Right. You know, feed, feeding off, story, feeding off you know? local, the same local six or seven guys. Yeah. I don't, what does that do for anybody, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and wrapping it up for the national coverage, uh, February 23rd, it is not on TV and anywhere in the U.S., but still notable. James DeGale uh, fighting Chris Eubank Jr. So even though you can't watch it here in the U.S., it's still, uh, still worth touching on. Obviously, big British rivalry. Both have losses to George Groves. Um, but, man, I wish there was a U.S. TV outlet for this fight. I'd really like to watch it. I am going to take Eubank uh, by, a, like, a late-round stoppage. Even though DeGale's never been stopped, I think Eubank stops him for the first time in his career. That takes care of my end on the national televised scale. I'm going to pass it over to Brad for the local. Hey, everybody. This is Brad Chaikin. You can follow me at, at KillerB313 on Twitter. Follow Ray Vipon as, as well at AKA Oliver Twist. Uh, there was not a lot of action last month. Uh, for local boxing, either professional or amateur. Um, there is some this month, though, as we have three amateur fights, one of them today for our friends in Grand Rapids. If you can make that show, it's at, uh, tonight. It's at 7 p.m., the ninth annual pre-Super Bowl fight night, and that is at St. Mary's Activity Center, 526 Broadway Northwest in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So any of our listeners out there that want to get out and uh, catch a local show out, out on the west side of the state, uh, there you go. Uh, pre-Super Bowl. Go get some bells while you're out there. It's always a fun time. Isn't that Grand Rapids, Roger? Bells? Comstock. No, Bells is Kalamazoo. 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 What's the one in Grand Founders. 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 Sorry, I said the wrong city. Yeah. I'll shut up again. Uh, fe- Friday, February 8th, next week, uh, American Athletic Association. The event is the 18th annual Winter Fight Night, and this is going to be in Bang- at the Bangor Township Hall at 3921 Wheeler Road in Bay City. Uh, Robert Arsenal's putting on that show, and, and these shows in Bay City, these are these are good shows. These these uh, they bring fighters, believe it or not, from multi counties around. I mean, they, there's always a good showing out in Bay City. Uh, Mr. Arsenal always puts on a great show. And if you're listening and you want to get on that card, you want to get tickets, or you want to put a fighter on, uh, you can call him direct at nine eight nine four five zero six five six zero for that. And then February 16th, 2019, at the Kalamazoo Eastside Boxing Club, uh, Night at the Fights. And this is at the St. Mary's Catholic Church on 929 Charlotte Avenue in Kalamazoo. And this is being uh, thrown by Catherine Merrill. And if you want on this card, you can contact her at 269-388-9305. And that's it for amateur action. There's, there's nothing going on in the state right now, which, uh, which brings us to the professional side. So next Friday, February 8th, we have the Night of Knockouts 15 at the soundboard. And this card is actually kind of shaping up. Um, the main event's interesting, right? Leonardo Tyner versus Isaiah Jones. Isaiah Jones is 7-0, and uh, fighting out of jabs, if I'm not mistaken. And Man, I like Tyner in that fight. Oh, I do too. Um, I do. A lot. Yep. Yeah, Leonardo just just came off of uh, uh, a fight previous to that same venue um, against Cortez Chambliss, and he dispatched Chambliss fairly early, very early in this fight. And he dropped him three times in the first round, and, uh, and he stopped him in the second. 
So uh, that said, it, it's, it seems like, uh, again, we touched on this a month or two ago. The mantra is now that these local guys with these, uh, you know, semi-decent records or good undefeated records are, are calling, out, calling out the old pole. Which I don't understand. I don't either. He has a style that you want no part of if it's this early and not something that's going to immediately launch you forward. Because his exactly. name isn't big enough that, like, all of a sudden you're going to get national recognition. Right. But you cannot hurt him. He is, you can hit him with a typewriter on the end of a power cable, and yes. you're not going to hurt him, but he's not going to leave you alone. Exactly. You know what I mean? And why do these he's guys want pest. this so bad? He is a pest. Right. And he stays in your chest. And, you know, interesting about Leonardo Tyner, and this is, this is true for, for a lot of fighters, but um, locally more so him, he actually started boxing at a later age. He was, he was in his you know, later 20s or so when he really got into amateur game. He decided to turn professional, and wow, is he just giving people fits ever since then. Yep. So I don't really understand the reasoning either. Um, I, I, I'd, much, I'd much more like to see a guy with a record like that, a low undefeated record, you know, the three, four, five, six, seven, eight knows, maybe, maybe travel. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Joseph Bonus just did this Yeah. about a week or two ago. Sure. Went to Mexico, first-round knockout. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's the first time for him getting about out of state in some time. Right. So, but why? You know, if you're gonna face a Tyner when you're 20 and 0, and you're getting like a showbox, you know, you're undefeated. Sure. You're gonna fight Tyner on like an opener for showbox or something like that, and you're showing that you can beat someone like that, and then you're kind of progressing yourself into more of a everyone should be paying attention to me status. Great. But at 7-0 and and you haven't even fought out of the state yet, no one knows you outside of Southeastern Michigan, and right. you want him now. Yeah. Yep. If I'm your manager, that's not a that's not a decision we're making. Well, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's against my advice. There's been a you know we don't like to we don't like to jump into the uh, you know the rumor mill on Facebook and social yeah. media and stuff. There's been a lot of talk the last few months though between Cole Tyner and uh, you know a lot of these local guys. Um, in fact, there's a fighter uh, Erskine Wade's son. Yeah, and that they were going back and forth for a while. And then all of a sudden, that kind of seemed to die down. Well, Isaiah Jones beat beat him, so I think that that was a spark there for Jones to kind of say, "Hey, you know what? You guys, I, I let you guys trash talk for two, three months. Yeah. You're, you're not making it happen. You're just, you're just, you know, you're sparking up social media here. I'm going to step up and I'm going to take this fight. And so, you know, it, it, it is what it is. We'll see what happens with that. Um, so that's that's at the night of knockouts, 15, and that's February 8th at the Soundboard uh, at the Casino. And tickets are still on sale for that. So you can either get them at the door or you can get them online at uh, soundboarddetroit.com. Uh, Kenny Moore, VTran, second to none promotions. They are throwing a card at, is going to be on the 23rd of this month at the Ford Community and Performing Arts Center. I don't have a lot of information on this card. Uh, a lot of the bouts are still being made now. Um, I'm being told, though, that there's some really, really good fight shaping up. Uh, they're looking for opponents for Rydell Booker. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're bringing in some more some more uh, you know outside fighters. Give us a different look at some of the opponents and things like that. Uh, Fort Community and Performing Arts Center has always been a pretty good venue. That's the, a good, yeah, that's a good place. To yeah, show. it's it's a, it's a good it's nice open air you know big big venue to move around in you know. The weigh-ins for that are going to be the day before on the on the twenty second at the Detroit Shipping Company which is 474 Peterborough Street, Detroit, Michigan. And no, no time's announced yet okay. for that. But uh, Detroit Shipping forward. Company is a, is a new venue for weigh-ins. Um, so that's, that's going to be a good show, I think. That's going to be a good card. So that's it. That's what we have, you, you know, for the month. I do want to circle back because we weren't on last month. I do want to circle back to Tony Harrison. 
Yeah. What did you think? I was wrong. No, you weren't wrong, but you were wrong. But what did you think <laughs> about that fight? Because I, I, we've talked about this, but I want to I wanna share this. What, what, did you, what, what was your feelings about the decision? I didn't totally agree with it. I think the best Tony could have done was a draw. Okay. Uh, so I, I thought it was close. Just because it's close doesn't mean that it can go either way. I don't always agree with that. Sure. But, I th- yeah, in my opinion, I think the best possible outcome he I think the performance could have provided was a draw. And my immediate instinct when the final bell went off was exactly that. And I, I'll, I'll be bluntly honest with you. I, I definitely, we talked about it. I saw Tony pulling out uh, uh, most confidence in him winning this fight. I, I felt like the blueprint was there. When the 12th round and the bell went off, though, I, I, my first instinct was a draw. Why, though? Because I think it's based on the premise that, uh, and this is a lot in boxing, in order to be the champ, you have to beat the champ. And so we kind of almost expect that if you don't clearly, you know, beat this guy over the course of, of, of 12 rounds, you're not going to win the belt. Well, Tony boxed. And he, a lot of people were surprised that he actually was able to pull out a decision that way. And, and so there was a lot of controversy and a, and a little bit of confusion there. But that, to me, that, that, that makes me step back and look at the perspective of boxing as a whole. Um, you know, we can watch the Rocky movies and we can, we can see where we get these ideas of to be the champ, you've got to beat the champ, right? Or we can actually look at how to score a fight round right. by round. And that's what Tony did. He boxed round by round and he won uh when i watched the fight a second time after after you know thinking about this uh i had it i had tony up eight rounds to four and so i i I, but i could those rounds were close and i could have seen it go out either way so congrats to tony harrison uh he he won and to me i thought he did it did it pretty not an impressive fashion but when all things considered when you 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 look at the boxing that he did do and the in the misses that charlo threw i i think it was it was semi semi impressive but I, I in order for me to draw that conclusion i really had to step out of of this notion of you have to beat the champ there's right. so many times that the champ comes and and you really feel like he's been beaten and, and he gets, and he gets a win. And he gets, he, or he gets the draw. For, for Tony, though. So someone's going to have to fight. Yeah, it does. It does. Know, it does. So, so, good so for him. now somebody's, somebody's yeah. going to have to fight. Good for him. I thought he was getting stopped late, so I was way wrong. He didn't get, he didn't get close to getting stopped. We lost a patriarch in Detroit boxing. Uh, somebody who I was very, very close to. And uh, there were there, you know, a lot of fighters in and around the city. And um, it was actually a very sad day when I got the phone call. Uh, for Fredell Pitts, um, a.k.a. Detroit Sugar Man, Eddie Kane Jr. Um, Eddie Kane was the type of trainer that he would walk into any gym, look around, grab probably the sorriest kid there. I say that because I was that kid at one point in time. And convince him that he could make him better. You know, I can teach you stuff. Uh, you know, I can get you better in boxing. And so he would often do this. He never really found a gym of his own. He often moved around. But he often took either somebody's leftovers, often forgotten fighters, or people just starting out. And he did make a lot of champions in the 10 or 15 years that I knew him. Um, He had a long battle with cancer. Almost a decade, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, He beat it twice, and it came back. Ferdell came from extremely humble means. Uh, He wasn't rich. He didn't have money. Uh, but he did have personality, and that's, that's where we remember him from. His mouth was often bigger than his heart, 
which is funny. But when he stopped talking is when you really got to see the heart of this man. And so I just wanted to touch base on that. We did a write-up on that, uh, a tribute to, to Fidel Pitts. Um, but this is, this is certainly a loss locally. Uh, the service was amazing. And there were hundreds of people there. And, and it was, you know, to see that for somebody who put his, you know, the, the latter, latter portion of his life to train these kids, to keep kids out of the street, and to make, make fighters. Um, it, it was really good. It was commendable. I'm tearing up, so I'm going to get off the subject now. Uh, Fredell, Eddie Kane, Pitts, June 12, 1965, December 6, 2018. The last note on this man, he trained his fighters up until the day of his passing. Literally. Rest in peace, Fredell. Okay, back on a lighter note. That's it. Yeah. We have some interesting fights to look forward to this month, so we will be back in a month to recap all of this stuff. All I want to do is be above 75% next month, or I'll never make another prediction again. Also, Patriots over the uh, Rams tomorrow. Roger, want to weigh in? Pats over Rams? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, because not because of Tom Brady being the greatest, but the Rams are... Oh, back up a second. What was that you said, Roger? Tom Brady. Oh, let me... Tom Brady. Hold on, let no, me... Say it, say it out loud. I want to hear it. Say it aloud. Tom Brady is what? Not because, not because Tom, Gray, Tom Brady is the greatest. It's because you give Bill Belichick an, a week to develop a game plan versus any team. Right. A, a team as young and green as the Rams are, and away you go. I just want more confirmation that Tom Brady is the greatest. People argue that, and I'm done. I, 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 don't, I, I don't get the argument anymore. You know what's funny? He's today, I threw my headphones today because the female on my podcast, Jamie... And I got into it because she was he. Well, he has asterisks. He's a cheater, and it's like you look at one thing. Right. Sure, Listen. that's it. Right. right. Stop it. Stop. Stop. He's the best ever. I don't know. Ever. No. The official stance of SRD ringside guy. is that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever walk this planet. Yeah, well, we, what are, about we are. We are Bradshaw? on. I don't. I don't. How do Brad we, just got fired from what, what SRD Ringside. That's it's a one man show again. What are, we, what are we talking about? We're talking about five rings. Bradshaw not exist? About to be six. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. And he's probably somewhere around four or five on that list. It goes in harder times. It goes Tom That's Brady. That's like saying Tom, that the current Pistons Tom could win in Brady in the Brady won championships with guys like me. We, you can't even have this conversation, dude. Tom Brady. It goes Tom Brady. He, he, hold on, he, Tom Brady, Joe Montana. Stop. Joe Flacco. Doug Brady. <laughs> I was Doug trying Brady. to get yeah, Roger. No, 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 no Brad, you don't I, get no, the. No, no, yeah, I know you're trying to do. I know you're trying to do, and I'm not gonna fall for it. But the Brad's point, the Brad's point about the heart, like you can't. I'm it, sorry. You can't have that generational argument. It's hard, but I get your point though because you can literally blow on Tom Brady, not literally. Or well, you could just. I don't just, want to. Yeah, you but can. Uh, yeah, I kind of do. I, I, you know, anyways, you could literally. kind of do. You can pat him on the back and get a penalty. Yeah. So you're right. Terry Bradshaw was he would get like gang tackled and, and his yeah. neck would snap back and all that. So I respect for Bradshaw on that. However, Brady against the Chiefs. Right. Hi, I'm hi. I'm Andy Reid. I have all these timeouts. And my defense looks exhausted. What am I gonna do? Not call a damn timeout. Right. I, I think Tom Brady uh, maybe has this thing where he takes like D three, five foot eight, one hundred and forty five pound wide receivers, and they catch for a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. No, that's definitely not something he's good at. Anyway, that's it for us this month. <laughs> Moving on, uh, check us out at sportsradiodetroit.com. 
I'm Ray Vipon. You can follow me at at aka Oliver Twist. Brad can be followed at Killer B three one three. We'll see you next month. Bye. <laughs>